0: What is good, to find Dolls? Um, I'm just here writing the highs and lows of the news. And so I will give a trigger warning. This one, um, you're probably going to see some of the title in the thumbnail. Courtroom video bond set at $20 million for a father charged with killing three young sons. And... I said, you know, I'm kind of backing off from analyzing the X Y model, um, and how they do things and looking for patterns. Um, so I'm gonna say it, it could be a little graphic, and you might want to click off. Um, but I remember I said, you know, nowhere in the animal species do they drive their own selves into extinction. But I was actually wrong. <laughs> um, I was talking about how when um because we used to have blue jays in this area and coincidentally my little Bruno he caught a bird <laughs> and so I need to put out a bird bath um that's further away from where he is because they come down to his little bowl and he sometimes he'll kind of like sit in the corner and so this little one um didn't make it but with the um Something came up on my algorithm about blue jays and part of the reason that they're going extinct. And I, I was asking my mom, I was like, have you been noticing we don't have blue jays around as much as we used to? I remember like going out, you know, out and seeing them and, and that type of thing. And even at my workplace and now they're kind of rare. Even one of the resorts I go to that has a lot of like birds and stuff don't really see them a lot. And so um, they were talking about how. Because of their environment and the impact of, you know, a lot of uh, human activity in that area, we were killing off their natural environment. And I found it interesting. And I said, wow, you know, let me think about other animals. Animals don't usually go extinct because of their, um, because it's like blue jays taking other blue jays out or attacking each other. But I stand corrected. And and it's so interesting, um, because there is a species that does um where the males do kill their sons and or the male cubs and and that's the lion species right um and so it was just so interesting to to me too that you know when fathers turn on their own sons another case of this I talk about this a lot like um with Prince William and how he goes after his his son, Harry, and to a certain, um, degree, William. Um, I talked about like Matthew Murdoch and how, you know, in the same pattern as Charles and, and, uh, Princess Diana, how he was willing to take her out with, um, Matthew Murdoch took out the, you know, his wife and his firstborn son. Um, also, but, you know, just very sad. They're going to talk about the children's ages in here. Um, the guy is unapologetic. I think he's going to try to claim that he's a mental. And actually, I'm looking at it here, too. This this is really sad. Let's go ahead and play the video. It's 8 minutes and 33, 32 seconds. I think what is interesting to me, too, is that, you know understanding how their brains are shaped and how testosterone affects them, he absolutely fell, like, I wouldn't say prayed away, but you could just tell that that's what he's made of, right? No feelings, no emotions, no no foresight. And what makes me so interested is that embedded in that is you have a person who is the um, prosecutor, and you hear how the prosecutor is able to empathize to the degree that, yes, you know, those those three children. And when you hear the details, it's so, so, so sad. And I think also, how does he empathize with his the frontline people who had to go and respond to that scene and the impact that is going to get into their lives? Like, how do you, how do they develop that sense of morality? that other people are not, you know, able to, to develop and to cultivate I think that those scenarios are so far and few between. And, um, let me go ahead and just play it. I guess it's just like the contrast between the two, you know, between, <sighs> good and bad. And this is so interesting too because I talked about how I think if it wasn't in the last podcast, it was the second to last podcast where, you know, just showing another I call him XY over here. That's just the space I'm in. Um he was even even though his wife cheated on him and the daughter ended up being biracial, how he was able to think about how to raise his sons to love their half sister, how to make sure that she wasn't rejected, how to make sure that the family is 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 accepting of her taking on the um leading by example and going so far as to wanting to adopt her and making sure that she has her father for at least for the medical records and and just that thing of like i used to i used to live in this fairy tale world world where it was just kind of like i I'm going to keep it 100 with you, right? This is the space I'm in. You're welcome to come back in 6 months and see if I still feel this way, but and and it's so interesting because maybe 5 years ago, 10 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, father, you know, you get married, you have kids and a father of fathers and he looks out for his kids and he's he's involved and he care and and I think what made me want to come on here too is when the prosecutor is talking about this this guy that toe-tagged his his own children his own sons um he uses a word that a lot of us are trying to figure out right now like are they even capable of that like to protect you know so in the last podcast we get an example of that and then we come right back full circle to like no no they don't have that ability and yet still the prosecutor and I will say this too I think even the prosecutor is rare in and of itself too because I've heard of prosecutors where like little kids were shot and they released the guy ROR um and or no bail or like a hundred thousand which they only have to come up with ten thousand bail let the guy move back into the house that's next door to the kid that he just shot like two hours ago type of thing um I've heard lots of prosecutors where they will, you know, they're supposed to be our advocates in terms of saying like, this person is a danger or a risk to our community, but the bail is set so low. If I'm not mistaken, like even the woman that um, shot the, the mother of four children through the door in Florida, they actually were um, okay with bail. And I think the bail, they set the bail like really stupendously low. And in those type of scenarios, like anytime there's loss of life, in my opinion, that person doesn't deserve bail. They shouldn't be out on bail. But let's go ahead and hop into the video. Um I'll just probably have my moments of silence. I think I've addressed most of the the issues at hand, but I wanted you to hear this against the backdrop of some of the things that I'm analyzing for myself. Like if I had to give a report to Mother Divine in terms of what I'm hearing and seeing here on Earth, I would just tell her I wouldn't have answers for this. I don't understand why I'm seeing this type of stuff, but um, I'm just reporting. You know, this is what I'm seeing here, and and it's very sad and it's heartbreaking. So let's go. State of Art, this is Chad Dorman, twenty
1: twenty three, C R A one nine seven five. This matter is before the court today for purposes of bond hearing. Mr. Callum, you right here on behalf of Mr. Dorman, Mr. DeCalvey, Mr. Gass, on behalf of the state of Ohio. Mr. Callum, has the bond. Go ahead, sir. Um, as the bond, you're out. He is 32 years old. He lives in Richmond, married, is employed.
0: Um, okay, so you, what you might not hear is he's 32, he's married, and I think they said he's employed. Let me go for like 10 seconds.
1: Has the bond. Go
0: Okay, yeah, he is married and he is employed. Uh he indicates that his relatives, Gloria Thorman, Todd Frost
1: and Teen Thorman, they act as co-signers working. Um uh, at this time, Your Honor, I mean, would submit to the court uh, that uh a bond of seventy five thousand
0: dollars with order conditions. Okay, so that's his defense attorney is asking for a bail of seven thousand seventy-five uh thousand, which would mean he'd only have to come up with seven thousand five hundred. And he does have three family members that are willing to co-sign for that bond.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Mr. T'Colby. Judge, uh, Mark T'Colby, Clamery County Prosecutor on behalf of the state. Uh, we, uh, at this point, I'm going to let uh, Mr. Gast uh, handle the bond for and a half. You.
0: Do you uh, want to uh, see how uh, a- f- <laughs> Commercial! on they're just trying to get
1: their dollars morning judge good morning judge um, we've got law enforcement here today our office has been involved uh lots of people in our office have been involved with law enforcement throughout yesterday uh, afternoon evening all the way through this morning and the facts i have for you at this point are as follows the trauma that this man has inflicted on his family the community, law enforcement, first responders, and all of the rest of us who have any idea what's going on here is unspeakable. Mm. There's been a full admission in this case, Judge. The case is still new. Uh, we're still discovering facts. But the evil horror of what we know is impossible to process. In an act of just incomprehensible cruelty, the father who stand before you lined up his three young boys and mm. he executed them in his own home with a rifle. They were ages 3, 4, and 7, Judge.
0: Mm.
1: In an act of desperation to save her children, the mother, at some point, grabbed the gun that father was wielding to attempt to protect them. Mm. We know that one of the boys was able to flee into a field near the home. And again, we know from his admission, father hunted that boy down. Drove him back to the property and executed him
0: from the And so if you're kind of in the same channels as I am, then you're gonna be paying keen attention to who was really doing the protecting, who was doing the hunting, you know. Um Yeah.
1: Mother was shot through the hand in her attempt to protect her children. Judge, I asked the court setting this bond to just begin <clears throat> to imagine their fear. This was the man that every day they woke up looking to for protection, love, guidance in all things. Mm. The man they trust more than any other person on earth.
0: And I want you to think about that, too. I know that he's driving that home. Um, I low-key kind of wonder, like, sometimes did a woman write this type of thing? Um, I know that as a lawyer, you kind of have to be able to tap into that sentiment. But that sounds like the stuff I say. And I really want you to kind of, because you are on my podcast, like, just walk with me a little bit. These are two, ages two, four, and seven, y'all. And, you know, just that range, even from two, That's the face that you wake up to. That is a person like I remember how much we loved our dad growing up. I still have so many memories of like him coming home tired from working a graveyard shift. You know, we're coming home late from he was he was working and going to school um, uh, for his doctorate program. And so we're all also two years apart. Um, And so we remember him coming home and just. You know one on each leg and on one holding on to each arm, and he has his um suitcase, and my mom is tired when he's getting home and and we have like one of my favorite pictures is like all of us same thing. He's there reading a Bible book to us, about a children's Bible story. And the baby is in one shoulder. The book is in one hand. And I'm on top of like one of his shoulders in my red dress with my pigtails. And then I have like one other brother on the other side and one of on the, like, we're, we're all just on him and just the memories of like, you love your mom, but you love your dad. And, you know, all of the stereotypes that come up with it and like, looking up to that person and I think that you know we talk so much about how we want we want I don't know if that's something that I'm still gonna that's something that I'm in the space of like coming out of the fairy tale of wanting that for my kids and you know if if I had had any and kind of realizing like that it, it's you know and so it's like I want you to imagine what it's like to, f- to have that betrayal. You know, I've talked about like my two um, babies that I'll never forget for 2023 were little baby Grayson Gray. He was only six months old. But in particular, my other baby is Brianna Doyle. She was only three days old. And one of the first times, if not the only time, that she saw her father's face was when he was drowning her in the water because the mom, he did not, and this was after he shot the mom. So here you are, your newborn baby. He's not there for the birth. You're still sensitive for sounds. You hear gunshots for the first time through your newborn eardrums, your mother screaming for help, and then seeing the face of what is supposed to be your father before he puts you underwater and you're just trying to take grasp of everything that's happening to you and understanding that there's chaos before your life is snuffed out. And so this whole act of like lining up your kids, the psychological terror that is going on as one is taken down, the struggle with the mother ensuing, the other one is taken down. And then one able, I'm guessing like the the seven-year-old was able to make a bolt for it and being so close to making it and being brought back in and just all the thoughts that are going through his mind and almost like that surrender at the moment, like he he wouldn't, would he? And to just snuff them out like that, you know, where is that protection? Where is that provision? And you better believe that those kids, that's not the first time he was erratic. You better believe that all in between, you know, you wanting to love that person, that there, there had to have been chaos and volatile tempers, you know. So sad. So as he says that, you know, this is the person they woke. He woke. They woke up to every day, looking to for protection. And
1: every day they woke up, looking to for protection, love, guidance in all things man they trust more than any other person on earth. A the person they rely upon to keep them safe from harm. He was their world. He was their guardian. And he executed them in cold blood. We know that from his admission. By that same admission, Judge, he has committed <clears throat> one of the most monstrous, craven, cowardly acts that will ever be our misfortune to see. To make things even more disturbing, Judge, this was no haphazard act. Again, by his own admission, he planned the events of this day.
0: And that's that's just so, like he planned this, y'all. That's so disgusting and disturbing.
1: This did not happen. On- He's confessed to what I believe is the worst crime, at least I hope, that I'll see in my lifetime. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I hope it's the worst fact pattern that ever comes before this court. Judge, it's important for the court to know and the bond we're gonna request today, for the court to understand Paramount County deputies I Township Fire and EMS and other first responders bravely respond to the scene where they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. They did not know what they're facing and they come into a a scene that no one can ever be prepared for. No law enforcement training, no training of any kind prepares you for this. It's easy.
0: And I, I you know, um, I'm going to be doing several podcasts after this, kind of just having a one-on-one conversation with Black women. And I think that we need to be a little bit more hands-on with what law enforcement is doing to protect us. But I think that, you know, I've learned to be sympathetic to understanding from a human perspective. You know, when you have people that, like he said, that are the EMS, the emergency medical system or responders that come out and going into a scene and like he said, he's gonna paint a little bit of that picture, but seeing the children, children with I think what would have been, I imagine would have been horrific um um wounds, you know, mortal wounds, and that hope that you have every day when you go in hoping to make a difference in someone's life. Like it's one thing if if it's an accident or they fall, but it's to the point where it's like just intentional, you know, and the sense of hopelessness. And I think that sometimes we under, undermine undermine what they go through. Like I talk about, you know, I I remember things like I remember what it's like to have a gun pointed at me or like other near death experiences or stuff like that. So if you and so you try to keep them far and few between and so if they're in these type of environments every day, how do they heal from that, right? The the wounds um there was a another news report I was watching also had to do with gun violence. It was out here I think in like Sacramento, it was definitely in California, it was upstate, like up north, and the family was in a Tesla, the um wife was driving and she was eight months pregnant. She was with her husband, and the guy thought that he saw a gun. They had tinted windows in the Tesla, and he shot her several times. And so she ended up getting struck in the head, the arm, and several times in the abdomen. And so the baby was delivered and lived for like a few minutes and then passed away, didn't make it. And um, just the horrific stuff that comes with that, too. But, you know... Um, yeah, no foresight and, and people don't really think about what is it when you go to those scenes and it's already hard to grapple with the loss of life. I talk a lot about, I've lost both of my grandparents at the, well, it would have been three of my grandparents. My, my dad's um dad passed away when he was two, when he was just a baby, there was a, a fishing accident. And so, um, my three grandparents, but I was really, really close to my grand aunt. That's basically who I grew up with. And, um, and so just grapple, grappling with that loss is difficult. But I think dealing with it on an everyday level. And then I think looking to see how senseless it is that has to take a toll on you, you know?
1: To forget that these are men and women with families, children, feelings, emotions. They're not some automaton performing a delegated function to people. They were required to give CPR to gunshot children. Mm. Three, four, and seven-year-old children. They held these boys in their arms, knowing...
0: Okay, three, four, and seven. I thought one was two, so three, four, and seven.
1: Knowing there was nothing they could do to save them. Mm. How long do those scars last? What day do you wake up from that and you're healed? How do you unsee such an abomination? Bond factors this court needs to consider today are set forth in criminal rule 46, nature and circumstances of the crime charged, and specifically whether the defendant used or had access to a weapon, including the seriousness of the offense the most serious offense that we have on the books judge this is this is it you can't commit a more serious offense so the nature of the crime charges the worst crime that can be charged
0: and i low-key appreciate this too because sometimes it does feel like they don't understand how to hold their own people accountable like they have systems in place but at the same time too i feel like i wish like in our community I wish in our community that, that if this happened, we wouldn't try to make excuses for him and stuff like that. I wish in our community that we could be harsh on crime, that where women are harmed, where, you know, children are harmed. And even like um the other day, you know, at this point, we there's so many stories like of the loving fathers who were toe-tagged just senselessly because they were caught in a, you know, crossfire or they were trying to open the door for, you know, the elevator for some young ladies and they try to course correct the young man and say, let the ladies go first. And now that father is no longer here. So it's just like anybody that's a menace to society, I wish that we were just as strict in our community versus trying to downplay and make it seem like it's a race thing. And so with that being said, I appreciate that they did give him the fullest extent of the law. And I think that we need that on our side, too. And and although sometimes people will say, well, we do get harsher crimes, than like harsher sentences than, you know, the the Caucasian people do. But at the same time, I think that they, you know, you can kind of tighten it up on both ends, right? Um, type of thing because like if this was in the black community his mom would have been there saying like that my son I never saw this coming I never knew you know like and willing to give up with the whole house she probably would have harbored him away from the police before they captured him you know type of a thing and all this family support and he then took out your nephews matter of fact I mean I was just, I I saw another podcast, uh, not another podcast, another YouTube video right before this, re-bringing up a story about a a young man that shot his mom execution style because she told him he couldn't buy a, um, Amazon, a package on Amazon, Amazon. So he toe tagged her. And then, um, when his grandma and his aunt were keeping him overnight, he asked him if the, if the package had arrived yet. And so, but the grandma, she was like, throw the whole kid away. <laughs> she did not even want to keep him in the house the whole time. But the aunt was just like, oh my gosh, I don't want him in the system. He's not going to be able to grow up like a normal child in a loving home. I was like, listen, put him with her. Okay? Put that little gremlin with her. And after he toe-tags her, then put him in the system where he belongs. Because the thing, too, is if you let him, if as long as she's going to be... You know, coddling him in this whole process, he's, always, he's never going to show remorse for what he did. But I really do feel like she needs to just, they need to put him in her custody. For real, for real. Like, I'm not even trying to play you at this point. And let her just feel the brunt of what it is. And the thing is, it's like, that was her own sister. And I think that sometimes we we just don't really... We, we we take I think murder too too lightly. <laughs> Just all of, humans. Period is what it really what it comes down to.
1: Do you have access to a weapon? It's the most serious offense that we have on the books, Judge. This is this is it. You can't commit a more serious offense. So the nature of the crime charges the worst crime that can be charged.
0: You have a- it was the worst crime, and that that makes sense too because at this point he's a serial killer. So after two, I believe, after two, it's, it's serial killing. Number three, he deliberately, not only did he plan it, but he hunted down that child. This guy is a danger to society. And that's even against, you know, I talk about how sometimes you have to make men snap out of whatever it is that they're in sometimes. And so even with her the, with the mom interfering and probably screaming and even getting shot in the process, it's just like not even caring
1: access to a weapon? Yes, obviously he did. The weight of the evidence against the defendant at this point, Judge, we stand here with a full admission of the defendant. That also goes to the confirmation of the defendant's identity and witnesses on scene did see at least part of what happened.
0: Mm.
1: Next, the court is to consider the likelihood this person would return the court of a bond or issue. Again, this is the most heinous crime with the most severe penalty under the law that we presented to grand jury. That alone would be a, a major factor in discouraging a person from availing themselves to this court or any other. And the thought to flee and the likelihood of flight is great, in the state's opinion. The danger he po-
0: I absolutely believe believe he's a he's a threat. I think that most of them are a menace to society. I I want to believe that, you know, part of the stories that I do click on and watch, the judges are starting to pay more attention and they're starting to put, you know, bond and not letting them out ROR as much, you know, but um there's always room for improvement. And the, the few stories that I see on the grander scale, I think it's good turn of direction, but it's not, I don't think we've hit a tipping point yet, but I'm noticing more of a pattern where they're harsher you know, um, especially when it comes to being a, a a risk to the to society, being a menace, um, especially when it relates to murder, just period, whether it's a man, woman, or a child. So,
1: poses the community is a factor that this court can consider, and I think with the facts in front of your judge, we can't name a person that poses a greater threat to the community. As his prior record goes, judge is fairly minimal. he was charged with domestic violence in
0: 2010. Oh my gosh. okay, so he was charged with domestic violence in 2010. Wow, so she I don't know if she the the mother and wife of his kids is the one that the that filed the domestic violence, but those babies were not born yet, right because they were three. Or was it three, four and seven? Or three, five, and seven. The youngest, so it, so, and so with that, we what, 13 years? 13 years ago, he got charged with, with um, domestic violence. And she still decided now, I don't know if she knew his criminal record before this, but if she did, this is, this is that, you know, that escalation that we always talk about and for some reason us women think you know myself included when i tell you i think about like and not that my exes were into domestic violence but i think that by the time you get to a certain age if there's a reason that they're not with whoever they chose to have kids with then it's kind of like a red flag where you're kind of like there's some, it, it's starting to give red flags right but let alone if they have like um a criminal history, they usually tend to escalate. And so she, I'm pretty sure, like I said, you better believe that there was brutalization of the wife, of the kids leading up to this. You don't just zero to 60 turn to shooting your kids execution style. I think that um, the red flags were there. Um, You know, excuse me, with domestic violence, 2010, I think that, we were still having conversations where you might get a slap on the wrist and the sentences are not going to be that, that bad. So even if he had gotten out in four or five, 10 years, it's one of those things where, you know, that's where us women need to pay more attention because there's no way that you can tell me that this woman, if she had heard something like this podcast, before she decided to marry this man, knowing that he had domestic violence under his belt, that he would be capable of shooting her and her um, three of her kids. So she she got shot in the in the hand, protect trying to protect the kids. Um, it's a wonder he didn't, you know, also finish her. And or any of the other people, like family members that were around. Um, but yeah, this this is, a, I'm still trying to decide what the, to title this, but this is definitely a, a warning. I, I know I have several podcasts from like maybe six months, eight months ago where I was just going in on like, ladies, if he has a, a criminal record, leave him alone. And let's not take these domestic violence cases so lightly. I'm going to be doing some podcasts coming up this week talking about um, what us women can do, including taking these domestic violence charges against other women seriously, too. Um, When these um, channels are talking about, like, what's going on in Chicago, I need there to be more than 13 views, you know? Um, If it's like a... um, george floyd then the black community comes out including us black women but when they're talking about what's happening with our femicide rates like we need to be more involved and show support for what's going on in chicago what's going on in um i think is it missouri has dedicated a a section to handle like the what's going on with with you know, our community and stuff like that, too. So let's just go ahead and finish playing this. I'm at the 34-minute mark. I'll just let it finish playing. I think I've said what I need to. And so let's just kind of, there's like one minute and 32 seconds left. So let's just kind of close it out with that.
1: He is not, to my knowledge, on probation committee control. Judge, the facts in this case are hopefully like no other we will ever see. When this case gets indicted in the court of common pleas, I am certain that a no bond hearing will be held, and I would hope that would be granted. But at this point, this juncture, we're going to ask this court to issue a bond we've never asked for before. I'm going to ask for a bond of $20 million. I hope I never need to request such a bond again. Thank you. Uh date for preliminary hearing. The
0: date for the preliminary hearing, Judge, is six twenty-six. Hmm. No objection The prelim. So um this I'm I'm recording this June sixteenth, twenty 2023 <laughs> I always say that 2023 twenty-three. Twenty twenty-three. And um, this, is, this video is from eight hours ago, so his bond uh, hearing will come up, or his next court hearing will be six twenty-six. so in another, like, maybe 11 days? No, in another, in another 10 days. In 10 days.
1: The preliminary hearing will be set for June 26th at 1 p.m., At this point in time, bond's going to be set in the amount of 20 million cash or surety. Anything else at this time to stir gas? Yes? No, just Mr. Yeah. Okay, so, Calm, anything further? Nothing at this time. thank you.
0: <sighs> okay, y'all. Um, so, you know, I'm going to try to actively. <laughs> Change my energy on this one, but just that's kind of like my engagement with what's going on down here on planet Earth, um, and just looking to see what differentiates, you know, the X Y's, and um, what the guy did with the three sons, you know um, such a tragedy. His name, in case some of you want to know, it's Chad Dorman, D-O-E-R-M-A-N, um, one of the highest bonds set at $20 and I think appropriately, and, um, made those kids rest in peace, and, you know, condolences to the mother of the children, and, um, for the rest of you, you know, even with your daughters, I think that one of the things that I would like to see more prevalent is more background checks. And um, having those conversations with their daughters early with your nieces, with your cousins, you know, with your little sisters and stuff like that, like, run that background check. If there's domestic violence, it's like, Just be willing to let it go because those cases usually escalate. And I think that it's one thing if you say, well, you know what, I'm willing to run back into that burning building to just kind of get, you know, he want to swim in it, you know, type of a thing. If, If you just really need to get a kink off or something like that. But I think that then when you start to think about the children and what that can do to them and they really do truly do deserve better then you know i'm just asking on behalf of like even for my unborn children like i am so protective of my unborn children i've shared my story so many times um never had like a miscarriage or anything like that i was late one time <laughs> um and so that whole experience of like Okay, I'm not sure where it cut off. I need to make... Uh, somebody called me. I have to call him back. But yeah. So, but I talk about how... So, I've never like given birth, never had a miscarriage. Was late for a couple, you know, quite a, quite a few days. And so, coming to that realization of kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, what it's like to start thinking about being a mother, going through that preparation of like mentally, what comes with it. If you've ever had, you know, experienced it, then I think that that's something women can relate to. But even from before that, from my, from an early age, from like 18, 19, if I want to say even 14, I always thought about what I, what I wanted for my children. And so my little spirit babies are up there, you know, just waiting to be birthed into a, into a better world. And so with all the other unborn children that are still there, it's like, y'all, let's birth them into something better. Like, those children deserve to have a parent who loves them, who is capable of empathizing, that is capable of working on their personal development, that is capable of being their guidance, their protector, their provider, that is loving, that will cherish them, you know, and and be a good role model for them. And I think, ladies, you know, it's our responsibility to try to pick the best partner um, this guy had his red flags and you know a lot of times like I said before too us women like when, when they show their ass to other women believe them too because I feel like we like to think like well I'm you know we go into this competitive thing where it's kind of like well I cook and I clean and she didn't and I'm you know I'm blonde and she was a brunette and she was this and she was that but no like the outcome like usually they're you're going to get the same man in every scenario is more than likely, you know? And this this is so sad because if someone had had that conversation with her... You know, sometimes people would say, you know what? I don't care. I'll still risk it. But in hindsight, you know, I don't think she would have wanted this knowingly for her children. Right? So... I'll talk to y'all later, let me go return this phone call, I'll talk to you later, bye!